Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined as always by Mr. Brandon Deutsch and Mr. Grant Mona is joining us on a Thursday, not a Wednesday. So uh, Grant, how are you doing? We'll start off with you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, there's a couple games on tonight. LA all day the other night. Both the Clippers and the Lakers won out to rarity. Um, <laughs> so we'll see if we can get it done again today. Huh? Yeah, they're both, th- both going to win. Yeah, I think it's because they both didn't play each other. They're both going right? to win. But of so. course, Tyrese Halliburton has to return against the Lakers just to screw <laughs> with us. And Andrew Nemhard, you know, will be healthy on the court, right, Grant? Laker killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Nemhard had that game-winning shot the other the earlier in the season so i don't think he's going to play up to that potential again he's kind of been slacking off a little bit but of course tyrese halliburton comes back exactly when they play the lakers it's like all these guys just come back fully healthy as soon as they play the lakers it's kind of crazy the thing is i think you're gonna see today now i could be wrong because the bucks now are fully healthy and they're a different animal when they're fully healthy it's like them and the celtics no one's going to beat them in the eastern conference it's those two teams as good as the cavaliers and sixers are 76ers have Doc Rivers as their coach. They're bound to choke at some point, and James Harden in the playoffs. I mean, I hate to say it, as good as they are, Cavaliers, Mitchell helps them a lot, but I still think the Bucks and, and, and Celtics are there. That's a little off topic. I do think the Clippers pull off the upset, upset in Milwaukee tonight. I really do. Wow. Wow. I think we're going to see a Kawhi Leonard masterclass tonight. 38 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. I mean, is Brandon coming over to the, to the right side? It's not the right side. I just appreciate appreciate great basketball. And if you look at the numbers for Kawhi Leonard the past two weeks, I mean, he's the most efficient, one of the most efficient high-level scorers in the league. He's dominant. No one can stop him. No one can stop him. I'm not not even. The crazy thing is, is like he's so dominant, he's not even taking 20 shots a game, like not even close. You know, he's passing the ball a lot. He's still a little passive. When he wants to take over a game, like he could drop 50 or 60 if he wanted to tonight. I don't think he does because I do think he likes getting other players open. And this time is about developing, you know, Norman Powell, uh, get him shots because that's going to be important down the stretch. He's your go to three third scorer right behind George and in yeah. Kawhi. Yeah. I think that's important. But I do think they pull off the upset today. I really do. Uh, wow, I think on the road in Milwaukee. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, this is, this is what I got to say about it. This is the first game that Kawhi has faced Joe Ingles since he tore, he bumped him and Kawhi tore his ACL. So I feel like Kawhi is going to have a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder tonight. I, I think that, and it's weird because the game is at 7 p.m. our time in, in L.A., but it's at 9 p.m. in Milwaukee. That's kind of a weird, it's, like, it's going to be a 9 p.m. tip-off in Milwaukee. That's because it's the TNT night game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's but it's so weird. That weird. A That's a 9 p.m. game yeah. in Milwaukee, bro. Yeah. That's weird, yeah. dude. 
That is weird. Oh, I don't know that that ten, or right? ten p.m. Ten yeah. p.m. That's right. That's it's three hours ahead. That, that is, is late, late for a month. I remember they did that with like UCLA was on the road or USC a couple years ago, and it was it was it was not a non Pac-12 game. It was like they're facing a non-conference like in Kentucky or something. The game was like seven or eight p.m. and like it was still yeah. packed or somewhere in Kansas. So I mean, obviously, there's nothing really else to do in Milwaukee. They'll go to the game if they if they have the time. Um, but I just wanted to say, Grant. By the way, uh, karma, man. I mean, Ingles tore his ACL too. Right after, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. that's kind of wild, right? He tore his ACL as well. Yeah, and he came back before Kawhi, too, which is kind of weird. Like, he he was, like, fully healthy. Like, Kawhi needed some time to get healthy. So he was, like, fully healthy in December. And it was like, what, what, how did that happen? You just tore it, like, in January. Kind of weird. Like, so, I feel like some role players, they take less time to get back from, like, major injuries. Yeah. I've noticed that. Like, like star players like Jamal Murray, Kawhi, they take so much longer because they just, I guess they want to be up to that level. Look, Grant, I have a question for you. I'm sure Jihei is wondering the same thing. We know, we kind of know at this point, people who watch basketball, who are who just know, know ball, really th- believe the Lakers and Clippers are better than their record. I think we all know that, that they're pretty good basketball teams. Obviously, the Clippers are ahead of the Lakers um, basketball-wise. They're a better team. Everyone knows that. But the Lakers still are a top seven team in the Western Conference. If you just look at the talent, if they're healthy, um, I wanted to ask you about the Warriors because what I noticed watching that game against Minnesota last night, not only did they not have Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota, Russell killed him before he fouled out. Nas Reed killed him. They lack bigs, the Warriors. That's an issue. They hid that last year with depth with their three point shooting off the bench with Otto Porter. What I noticed, they don't have that besides pool clay and Steph, they don't have that fourth shooter that they did with Otto Porter Jr. last year. And I think that's hurting them a lot. They're relying a lot on guys. I mean, I know DiVincenzo's playing well, um, but they really need a forward that can play defense and stretch the floor. And I don't I think that's why they're starting to lose a lot of these games, Grant. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm 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 trying to think I like while you were saying that I was trying to think of like possible trade candidates that are like attainable for them. Like you can't probably go out and get like a Kyle Kuzma. You, you can maybe go get like Alex Caruso, but does he solve your issue? Like they have they have had defensive issues. Does he solve your defensive issues in in one player? Like I I just don't think so. That's what made the Warriors team last year so good is that you know they would have multiple guys that can defend on the bench. They had Gary Payton Jr. They had excuse me, the second, they had a whole bunch of guys that just came in and played defense. And Otto Porter was a great defender too. And yes, he was a good shooter, but they just had those guys that would come off the bench and still defend. I mean, that's why they were the number one defensive team in the league. So I've seen like kind of a regression into like Andrew Wiggins was benched in crunch time in the fourth quarter. I don't know what Steve Kerr's thinking there because Andrew Wiggins is your best perimeter defender. And he was sitting on the bench in crunch time. I don't get that. Second of all, like it, it just seems like Jordan Poole is indecisive all the time this year. Like last year, he was just let it go, be free. You know, and, and I'm not saying that he's a bad scorer, but Jordan Poole has kind of reverted to this guy where it's indecisive. Do I give it up? Am I the guy now? I got this new contract. It feels like he's just in between on decision making as opposed to last year, he was just free and playing his game. Now it's kind of like oh, pull up for a three, and w- with a lot of time left on the shot clock, I've seen that many, many times this year where he's turning the ball over in crunch time. His efficiency isn't as good. And that's kind of worrying because we have enough of a sample size for the Warriors now to say, okay, this is kind of who they're going to be unless they make a move, right? 
Yeah, and I wanted to ask you, I'm sure Jihei's wondering this as well, because we have the trade deadline in a week. I'm coming out with an article on my Substack tomorrow um, about basically the top coveted trade candidates. And what I say there, it, it goes deeper than who are the best candidates. I really discuss in that article why teams all think they're contenders and what is the perspective, what is the perception of contending? Is it making the playoffs and losing in the first round? Because that's exactly what Portland and Utah is going to do in Chicago and Atlanta if they get in. They're not winning a series, right? But they're still hell-bent and determined to contend, right? There's going to be, we mm-hmm. thought because of the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes, there would be more sellers at the deadline, but it's looking like everybody is going to buy and whether or not that's, I disagree with that. I think you put your pride aside. If you're not going to win a championship, if you don't have top 15 players, there's no point in trying to get better. And I think GA can attest to this, but there's now less people available on the seller's market players, you know, cause teams do not want to sell right now. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, Oh, go ahead. GA. No, go no, ahead. no, 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 no. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead, Grant. Um, well, I just, I was just going to say like that, this could be like an article headline, the problem with parody. Like yeah. there's a lot of parody in this league now to where you, you have teams that really aren't contenders and that really aren't going to do much in the playoffs that think they are. And that then, then they're going to hold on to their assets and that hurts other content, like actual contenders or teams that want to be contenders ability to get these players from them. Like, the Lakers, the Lakers instance, like, of course you'd want to get like top players. You'd want to get Bogdanovich. And I, I know he's on the trade market, but you want to get guys that are proven. And it's kind of hard to do it because if you have a team like the Bulls, you have a team like the Raptors, they're like kind of in the middle when they should be all the way out. You have the Blazers when they're kind of in the middle, one foot in, one foot out. You have to be all the way out. But the, the, the upper management in the front office is saying, look, we can maybe sneak in as an eight or nine seed and maybe make a run. Like people are kind of like, I feel like front offices and upper management in the NBA right now are kind of teetering on that fine line of, okay, we, we may be, we may make a run. We may not, they got to just be all in or all out. And that's causing, you know, these teams to not have the players available. And that's also what's going to lead the Blazers and the Bulls and Hawks and everybody in purgatory for years. They'll be that, you know, barely squeak into the playoffs, never win anything. I'm sorry, they're never winning a championship with this present constructed team, the Blazers specifically, with Lillard, as good as he is, and I know he's one of the best players in the NBA right now, trade him. His value is at an all-time high. Get, accumulate assets, rebuild around Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons, who could become a similar Damian Lillard type, who's shown exact play styles, learned under him. I'm not saying he's as good or will be as good as Damian Lillard, but Jihei, don't you agree? It's like I commend the Spurs for trading DeJounte Murray and being like, look, we're going all in on Victor Wenbanyama or Scoot Henderson, and we're just going to tank. And they got Jeremy Soshan, who's been fantastic this season. That is the direct. I either want that or in the Lakers' case, they can't sell first off because they don't have picks. And they're one of the few teams that you just know if they squeak into the playoffs, they can make noise if they're healthy because they have two top 15 players. Other I mean, we've been saying not. we've been saying Lakers being healthy, Lakers being healthy for the last three years. So I, I'm, I'm kind of going to shelf that <laughs> really quick because that's just always going to be the case, I feel like. Yeah, for, for, of course. And that's for any it's team. It's all contingent on Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and, and, I, and to be honest with you, that's for any team, right? Like, that, that's for the Lakers. That's for, you know... Um, you know, insert any great team here, right? Like the Warriors or you know, anybody, uh, Clippers. If like Kawhi could be able to play every single game, like you'd have a, it'd be a game changer, et cetera. Like, so let's shelve that argument. I want to go back to your number, um, everybody taking for uh, Victor Weminyame and for Scoot Henderson. Those are two guys. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the, oh, the is pool true. is so small, right? So for, I, I get why these guys aren't exactly, you know, why Utah is playing the way that they are, why, you know, certain teams are playing the way that they are to try and be a little bit in contingency to try and at least attempt to compete because it's obviously it's not all of them, but like they are attempting to compete. Because there's only two guys out there that they can possibly get that are great, right? Nah, and then I the think trickle it's a down deeper draft, and then I think Brandon Miller's a future superstar from from I, what is he? he goes to Alabama, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the guys the guys averaging 20 points per game in college. He's six nine, can play elite defense. And I mean, there's a ton of guys. This is a very a, talented draft. A lot of guys don't translate over though. So I, and I'm not saying true. that, and I'm not saying that about him. Yeah, yeah, because no, you sure. know you don't know what his personal life he's going through and what no, you know all absolutely the but the heart. Yeah, but you know, you're right. Is. There's two sure things. We yeah. know that Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama are going to be NBA superstars. And there's 30 teams that want him. Exactly. You know what I, mean? so- I get what you're saying, but at the at the same time, it's like accumulate. Grant, can't you agree? With, like, I know Jihei has a point. I get it, and that's what the Jazz are probably thinking right now. Like, oh, we didn't know Lord Lowry would be this good, and Clarkson's right. here, and like, well, we're kinda could get in, get these guys experience this early, and we're not bad enough to pick in the top five. Like, I get that. At the same time, I feel like. First of all, the Gobert trade ruined all trade negotiations because yeah. now, now, now the Bulls want no two firsts there. for Alex Caruso, and that's like now finally the Raptors are saying, you know, okay, we'll just take one unprotect, one protected first for Gary Trent, who's a thousand <laughs> times better than Alex Caruso. Thank God, one organization is starting. Although they're asking for three firsts for OG, and I'm not saying that's too much for a team like the Knicks, who like if they get OG and Anobi, they're they're now in contention, in my opinion. Like as crazy as that sounds, like that guy's a game changer. But that's ruined the market. So teams don't want to trade. And then pride. Teams have had pride uh, more so than the past couple of years where they're like, they, they have some fantasy about contention. And yes, the Lakers are a part of this, but they don't have the picks to sell. You know, so they and they actually are a very a way better basketball team, in my opinion, this year than last year. They have a better chance at contention if they stay healthy again, if but other teams year in, year out. They're like, should we trade Lillard? Should we not? Should we trade DeMar DeRozan and, in, in, you know, in Zach Levine or Vucevic? Should we not trade Vucevic? He's a free agent at the end of the year and you're not going to give him four years, $180 million. Trade him. I mean, the Raptors are smart. They're going to trade Van Fleet. Are they thinking about doing this towards the end? Like you, we talked about off air about Russell, about him. He's going to be a Laker at the end, towards the end of the year. So are, are maybe they're thinking about it that way. That it, yes, but like you can still accumulate. Like, imagine what you can get in a Levine Vucevic or DeRozan Vucevic package. Like, DeRozan <laughs> is older. He can't play defense as good as he is offensively. He's 34, right? 33, 34. He's going to be a free agent in a year after this, not after this year, but trade him and Vucevic and build around Levine and Lonzo when he gets back. I know Lonzo's never healthy, and yeah, he's probably the missing piece. Congrats. Again, Jihei, your point. Uh, never healthy, right? That's yeah. a problem. Like, yeah, the Bulls are probably a contender if Lonzo Ball's healthy, but they're not, right? I, I don't I don't know about that. I, I, I think that that team, that team might need just a little a bit. Mess. Yeah, it needs a, a lot mess. of work. And I love Billy Donovan, by the way. Not he did have, a great job in Oklahoma City. Yeah, not having just not having that one piece in Lonzo Ball, they need a lot more. Oh, absolutely. For, like, yeah. one, one guy's not going to make or break the rest of the organization at this current moment in time, at least as we see it, right? I mean, they had that potential maybe when they first all three were healthy, but right now, no. So, I, I don't know what your your solution would be, though, because would, would they even be willing to give up all of that? You're you know right, I mean? probably not. 
Probably not. And I guarantee you what's going to happen like it's happened in recent years, and I disagree with it, but you're going to see one big name, and it's probably going to be Fred Van Fleet or OG Ananobi get traded. And everyone else is going to be like, okay, Aaron Gordon gets moved. Does that push the needle? Maybe a little bit. He's a great scorer. But again, the guy's like 36, right? Like, you know, there's limitations with some of these guys. Gary Trent Jr. is a guy I'd be interested in, especially for that price tag. I would give up an unprotected first for Gary Trent Jr. That's how good I think he is. Um, I know Grant knows my affinity for Gary Trent Jr., but this is a guy who can who gets you two steals a game as an elite defender and is just a certified bucket. Like his middle name is Bucket. You know what I'm saying? Is he can just score at will. Like I know his efficiency has taken a toll the past couple of months, but that is a coveted piece. He's still 24. So if you can get a guy like that, man, the Lakers now could actually maybe go get him in the Clippers. I mean, Brandon Boston Jr. in a couple picks, Max Christie in a couple picks. That's a possibility. Fred Van Fleet's obviously going to have a higher price tag just because of what he's done recently. I don't think the Lakers or Clippers could get him, although he signed with Clutch. So there's, all, <laughs> always, there's always, that always that possibility <laughs> that he's like, I'm not going anywhere unless you trade me to the Lakers, which I dream about and never happens. We thought the same thing with Levine. Oh, Clutch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Force your way to the Lakers. Didn't happen. Um, but there's a lot of good players on this trade market. I just don't know if they'll actually be traded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's been happening. Like, dude, Marcus Morris was the most coveted piece a couple of years yeah. ago for a contender. The Clippers got him, right? Yeah. Marcus Morris. That was the big name that got traded. Like, what are we doing? I mean, if I'm, maybe it's, I know these guys are, hu- you know, we're humans and it's hard to trade people and, you know, change their lives around. But like, if I, it's a business, if I'm in charge of an organization, I want long-term success. I am selling the house for assets to start young and rebuild and accumulate assets. Like Oklahoma City, I commend them. Let's give them a, ha- a round of applause. <laughs> Sa- uh, San Antonio, round of applause, right? Like Utah too. Utah too. Utah's doing it like exactly yep, how you should. They built, they're like, still contending but they still have a ton of draft picks that they can use and it's like they still have assets they can, that they can move as well like by the I way they did it like perfectly by the way walker kessler already more blocks than rudy gobert this year yeah and they got jared vanderbilt malik beasley and three other first round picks talk about the worst trade imagine minnesota with walker kessler and keeping jared vanderbilt malik beasley and oh my god with anthony edwards wow. development and cat right like why do you want Gobert, the most overrated player in the history of the game? And I'm a stats guy. His stats say he's great. Congratulations. You also got to do the eye test. The guy has no offensive game, and he's a liability on the court, in my opinion. So, I don't know. GA, you have anything to add about this situation? Uh, no, I kind of wanted to move um, on because I don't know if we're going to get Grant next week. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, with the last three minutes left in this segment, about the NFC and the AFC, um, the games, and on top of it, who you think will win the Super Bowl. Um, it, it, it's tough. I mean, I still think that the Eagles matched up a little bit better with the Chiefs than the Bengals. I think that the Eagles secondary is going to be really hard for the Chiefs to get, you know, get through. I know the Chiefs are an insane offense. They have Travis Kelsey and they have, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster has been playing well. Valdez Scantling even had a couple big catches. But that Eagles secondary is something, something special. And Jalen Hurts is a dynamic quarterback. He didn't even look 100% in that NFC title game. I know, Brandon, you could probably test that. He didn't really look like himself. And, you know, they just coasted to win just because the Niners had, you know, no quarterbacks in their backfield. So, um, you know, I think if the Niners were healthy, we may even have seen the Niners. But the Eagles got through that game, and here we are with the team that they have. I'm hoping Jalen Hurts is 100% because I would like to see both of these guys 
pretty healthy. I know Patrick Mahomes probably won't be 100%, but these two weeks is really going to help Patrick Mahomes. And, and we're going to see it. Probably an offensive shootout, in my opinion. I know they both have pretty good defenses, but their offenses for me is like must-watch TV. You have two dynamic quarterbacks. Um, you have an awesome, awesome offensive line for the Eagles. Um, you know, and obviously you have Patrick Mahomes. It's like box office stuff. And you have Andy Reid going up against this former team. I think the Eagles will take it. I just think the Eagles, like, they have this grit. This, it feels like every Eagles Super Bowl year, like even in 2018, they have this, like, spirit, this culture, this this grit, this energy that, that I don't think anybody can touch right now. I think that they're really firing on all cylinders, and uh, hopefully these two weeks don't diminish it because I'd like to see the Eagles win this game. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on them winning. Do I want them to win? Absolutely not. But, um, <laughs> I mean, that's just, the, division. Look, yeah, that's just the giant fan in me. But I, but I agree with Grant. Yeah, the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. Um, I, do you do you take the spread? Do you just take the money line? Do you? I mean, I would I've, take the under. The, the unders under? had hit like they've hit yeah. every week. People don't understand the playoffs. It's more gritty football. There, there's less offense. So yeah, I, the I, defense is taking over for sure. But you got to respect greatness. Mahomes is bound to get multiple Super Bowls at some point. Well, you know? and also you these both these quarterbacks are finally getting rest. They're both hurt. Well, I love Jalen Hurts. They're going to make a movie about him. He's just a great human being. Yeah, so I, no. I think he's going to win his first Super Bowl. I really do. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and I'm we're like we have two seconds, but all I have to say about Jalen Hurts is Philly needs him. Like, there's just no yeah. other question. He's there's just no other an exceptional like human being. Yeah, that's important. Well, guys, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Mr. Nick Hamilton. When we return on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan, Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, guys, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Well, let's go to the Circa Guest Sports Hotline where we get the pleasure of talking to Mr. Nick, World Globe Traveler over there. Uh, Mr. Nick Hamilton, how we doing? Hey, the pleasure is all mine. And then some. How you guys doing? <laughs> well, I'd be a lot better, you know, if the G-Men were in Super Bowl contention, but, you know. You knew you, better than that. No, I know. I know. I'm, I am a realist, but a, a girl can dream. Girl can dream. What um what was your reaction to the NFC, speaking of Super Bowl, the, um, the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship? And then I also want to ask about um, Tom Brady eventually. Um, I wasn't really surprised when it came to the Eagles. I think the Eagles were the team that people didn't want to believe that they thought were a fantasy, but were really reality, but they weren't ready to accept that. I think a lot of times we hope that something isn't real 
even though we know in the back of our minds it is, and we have to face that reality at some point, and the Eagles have been the exact same team they've been in all season. Every excuse in the book has been made against the Eagles. All they had earlier in the season, it was all they had an easier schedule. They didn't play, you know, they played a lot of cupcakes. They didn't play any, any, any teams of difficulty. Um, they didn't go through any adversity as it were. And then they lost Jalen Hurts for quite some time. They went to that three-game losing streak. And then Jalen Hurts came back and righted the ship. And uh, everybody thought, okay, man, San Francisco, they might be a team of destiny. You know, we had Brock Purdy was out here looking Purdy before uh, his unfortunate injury in the NFC Championship. It was changed everything. Um, and I think the Eagles were just, they just were hungrier. They wanted it more. You know, that is a team. You talk about a team of destiny. I think the Eagles may be a team of destiny only because of the way they've been able to galvanize around one another. And, and Jalen Hurts has been uh, the epicenter of that uh, on and off the field. And, and it showed uh, offense. It showed on the defensive side of the ball and even special teams. And they whooped they whoop the 49ers' asses, period. I mean, that's just what it was. Um, Kansas City, we didn't know what Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to show up, especially with that ankle. Um, I think Cincinnati really, I think that was a much better game between the Bengals and uh, the Chiefs. And I think that may be a little bit of a rivalry that, that, has, that has been started uh, because of, of the, the back and forth uh, that was going on throughout the week, but especially just throughout the season and seasons prior. So um, it's unfortunate it came down to one call. Uh, that was very more, probably one of the most controversial calls next to Tony Romo almost saying the N-word on live TV. <laughs> uh, but I think it, it was just, I, I really wish the game wouldn't have ended with, you know, that came down to one call, I think. Um, I would love to see, you know, guys play it out. Um, and guys really get an opportunity to, to really play it out beyond just a call. So, it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl, I think. I think the Eagles are, you know, everybody's counting out the Eagles because of Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, for God's sake, ought to be the best quarterback in football, uh, whether he has a bum ankle or whether he has a 100% well ankle. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It seems like he will make something out of nothing and then some. Uh, this guy is incredible. That's not anything he can't do. This is the Jordan of football right now uh, when it comes to just his amazing attributes and what he's been able to, his, his field vision, the, the, the ability to keep drives alive, the ability to, to better his teammates, whether it be Pacheco, whether it be Travis Kelsey, the offensive line that they have, um, you know, be able to spread the ball around him. You know, he's still using his legs for how, somehow, some way. Um, this guy is incredible. It's nothing that, that Patrick Mahomes can't do. Uh, in the game, and so that's what makes him so great. Um, and, and we might see another, you know, Bengals uh, Chiefs type of situation when it comes to the Eagles and the, and the, the you know, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I hope we do. I hope we get a really great game between these two competitors. Um, it's great to see two black quarterbacks go at it uh, in the Super Bowl. I think that's astonishing um, to see, you know, somebody who's been there versus somebody who just got there and really learn and, and see what Jalen Hurts is really made of. And who knows, um, you know, Jalen Hurts could fool some people. You know, they, they ain't guaranteed that Patrick Mahomes is going to win a championship. You know, he may fool some people. We thought, you know, once upon a time when Brady 
was with the Patriots and he went up against the Eagles. Everybody thought, okay, the Eagles are going to smash. It's Brady. You know, bet Brady. Who will bet against Brady? And sure enough, the Eagles came became Super Bowl champions, you know, with a backup quarterback. Um, so anything can happen in one of these games, but I'm, I'm looking forward to an entertainment game. And, and Nick, you know people that are picking the Chiefs? Because I feel like the Eagles are the clear better team in this game. Well, I don't know. They may, they may be the better team on paper, but again, you still have to go out there and play with Patrick that. Mo- yeah, and play against... You got Patrick yeah. Mahomes, man. You have Travis Kelsey, arguably the Jaggers tight end. Um, you know, you got a, a really solid offensive line for Kansas City. Again, I'm not taking anything away from the Eagles. I think their defense has been absolutely spectacular. I think the special teams have really been impressive. Um, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, that offensive, you know, that offense, man, has been really, really moving uh, the needle in, in the right way. But again, it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, this is a guy that, again, uh, it's hard, like everybody wants to say, oh, it's hard to bet against Brady. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes when he gets the opportunity to compete for a championship. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no, no. I, d- I definitely agree with you. And you brought up um, the, this is the first time that two black quarterbacks are, are going to be contending for a Super Bowl um, in NFL's history right now. I just wanted to um, know the significance for you on that one. I, I'm hoping to get to a day where this isn't a big deal. Right where this isn't a monumentous occasion. <laughs> to I be honest surprised. with you, I was surprised it was the first matchup. I'm not really. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I, I, not I, at all. I, I thought it's, it's, it's the United States of America. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Leave, yeah, it's unfortunate that we have that kind of mentality. But I'm not really in shock. Yeah, I, I, had, I had thought in the past two black quarterbacks had played each other in the in the Super Bowl. No, I guess not. Been, absolutely not. Been two black coaches. Yes. Now the first black quarterback was Doug Williams to yep. play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but uh, but this but that was just one black quarterback. And then against. next year, next year, Trey Lance, right, Nick? Have you been drinking this? Morning? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. A, hey, he's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to be the quarterback next year. With Brock Purdy out for a year. Another black quarterback in the Super Bowl. Let's go, Bang Bang Niner Gang, baby. Right. <laughs> so what was Bang you? Bang Drug Bang Bang Drug Detail Gang? <laughs> no, I mean I. I just again going back to this this topic. I just really hope that one day we can just be like you know the two great quarterbacks are out there on the on the field competing for a quarter for a yes re- yes but the re- yeah the, the, yeah yes in theory but the, re- the reality of it is that it never happened because of the society that we live in in the country that we live in unfortunately um, that continues to perpetuate certain uh, you know racism and, and stereotypical behavior discriminatory behavior so. That will never change, especially when you have 32 owners that, uh, you know, embody those principles, unfortunately. Um, and that's why, you know, we have we still struggle about having black coaches and black coordinators. That's why we were, we we're so shocked when black coach, coaches get opportunities with decent teams when you had, um, you know, the, the, the recent hirings um, in Houston. Um, and I'm glad that Houston offered uh, D'Amico Ryan's a six-year deal because that gives him an opportunity to really establish a culture, to establish a relationship with those players and really build something that's going to be sustainable and give coaches an opportunity to actually be successful if they can be successful. You can't be successful one or two years, um, unlike their white counterparts and these recyclable coaches 
Um, there's no reason why Steve Wilkes should not be in Carolina still. There's no reason that Frank Wright should be head, be another head coach in another position where he's been losing in the last two positions. And the main reason why he got that was because he was white. I want to I want to bring up the winning part though because everybody it, race doesn't matter when you start winning, and that's and that's just uh, to me that's a that to me that's a fact. Nick, if you race, start winning, okay. ra- race it gets trumped. Everybody doesn't care if you're black, blue, purple, whatever. If you start winning, and, if you no, get those dubs, honey, I like I think across the board, me, people are gonna be like, great, he's a winner. Okay, let me counter that. That's true to a degree, but also let's understand this: when you are winning and you are a black coach, now the the level of expectation doubles more than your white counterparts because now they expect you to win every year. And if you digress, let's say you go I 10, think that six. that's for both, hold on, hold on. Nick. Okay, sorry, no, 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 sorry, no, no, sorry. No, 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 Because let's look, let's look, let's look at the history. I'll give you one example in particular. Okay, a gentleman who's currently the defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, Raheem Morris. Right, who maybe hopefully he'll be a head coach somewhere at some point. Oh my God! But when he was a member, is a when he was this a, is the worst example you no, can give wasn't. us. No, oh no, listen, hear me out. Hear me out before y'all criticize. Hear me out. First of all, he's not a bad coach because if you, if you, when you talk about when you talk about uh, opportunities as far as winning percentage. When he was a member of the Tampa Bay Bucks, what was his record when he came in there? Was it not? Did he have not a ten and six record when he coached the Tampa Bay Bucks? I'm not arguing that. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm so, trying to let you finish so, so I don't so I don't wait, wait, interrupt wait, wait. you again. <laughs> so okay, so ten and six record, right? Then he digressed to what nine and seven. If I believe was the following year, he went nine and seven. I believe the following year, and then he started losing games the year after, right? And the biggest knock on Raheem Morris was not his coaching style. It was the fact that he was too young. He was relatable to too many players. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't we love a player's coach? Don't we always say, damn, we need somebody that's going to be be relatable to guys? Yes and no. But then you kick him out, right? Bring in somebody else who wasn't as successful. And yet he, he, he stays on for numerous years. My point is simply this. The advantages are not always the same. They will be appear they will appear to be the same sometimes, but it's not always the case. And that's what I'm saying with this. No matter how much you win, when you are a black coach, there's a different level of expectations that are placed upon you when you do start with. And when you and if you fall off or if you drop off, you have at least a year or so to turn that around. If you don't turn it around within a year, you pretty much can be on the shelf to be cut. Yeah. Unlike these other, unlike these other coaches, these other white cop coaches who get who stay in places for four or five years, who are mediocre, who can't get the job done, who can't even get a simple playoff win. And don't bring up Marvin Lewis because Marvin Lewis is an anomaly. So we don't even bring up him as an example. I'm talking about other coaches. I'm talking about other black coaches that have had the opportunity. They get one year. They get two years. How the hell can you? establish a culture establish any type of relationship in one or two seasons you can't there's a plethora of white coaches that. that do have done the same thing nick and, and how many years have they gotten how many recyclable there's, how many there's recyclable been years there have been coaches that have gotten two years as well years? 
And how? And when was the next? And when was their next stop? Another head coaching, another head coaching opportunity for the most part. Right? I'm not debating. It's a boys' club, sweetheart. But like, it's no, just- no, 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 no. Answer my question. Did they not get the the next opportunity? Was it not for the most part? Was it not another head coaching opportunity? Jeff Fisher still is unemployed. Jeff Fisher stole money for years. Look how long it took him to stay in court. <laughs> Jeff Fisher was meet Mr. You also know Jeff that Fisher the Rams was- organization doesn't fire people, but that's another. That's another. No, 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 no. But you know, he stayed with Tennessee all the years. Then he went to then he went to St. Louis and stole all that money for faking like he was a real head coach. We all know that. But there's been countless, numerous times that coaches have not got the opportunities that they should have. Now, certain coaches don't belong as head coaches. I'm one to say Ty Bowles does not deserve to be a head coach. I'm the first one to say that. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he belongs as a head coach. The same thing I can say for Brandon Staley. I don't think Brandon Staley's head coaching material. I think he could be a good defensive coordinator, but he does not deserve to be a head coach. Yeah. Nick Nick has a point about all of this. What I will say to add on to this is Zach Wilson continuously gets opportunities, and I know he was the second overall pick, but part of that is because he's white, and I, no one's going to deny that. Will, trash. Will Levis he's is trash. Will Levis is is a t- terrible NFL prospect, and he's being considered as a top five pick because he comes from a good family. I don't understand. And white. It. I don't understand. You know, so Nick Nick does that. have a point. Scouts and GMs, whatever, they have an affinity toward white quarterbacks that simply can't play in the National Football League. So Nick is I right on that. I don't understand that. I do not understand. Well, didn't that, we also but... talk about how it starts from the top? Yes, no. I, <laughs> I mean, absolutely, but I'm what, just saying that change I mean, will not it, happen it, until it, there are it, people it, that And then think what they say about black quarterbacks always. Bryce Young's too small. He can't play. Bryce Young can play in the National Football League. I don't care about his height. You know, CJ Stroud, Stroud could play exactly. in the football. Exactly. Give him the right system and give him the opportunity. I mean, look, Absolutely. At, look at Lamar Jackson. Look at the criticism of Lamar Jackson. They don't even yeah. consider Lamar Jackson a top 10 quarterback. And look what he, he's had to do more with less. Yeah, he's no weapons. No weapons. And he's still an MVP candidate league. every year. No weapons. He's still an MVP now candidate put him, every year. Put him on the Cowboys and see what happens. No, I'm with put you. Put Lamar Jackson on the Cowboys. I'm with you. All right, let's switch you to the, know, let's. I mean, come on. Let's switch to the lake, the Lakers. <laughs> I know you want to talk about your Lakers, Nick. You love them. I know you think they're <laughs> going to win the championship. So, let no, I'm kidding. Um, but they have a game against Indiana. Of course, Tyrese Halliburton is playing tonight. Has to come back, of course, against the Lakers because he kills them. Um, what do you expect to happen with that game? Which is, uh, I know you're laughing, an easier game than the Clippers who have to play in Milwaukee tonight. Uh, what are, what's your analysis about both of those games and where these teams are heading these next couple of weeks? Listen, I'm only excited. I'm, I'm going to be GA for a moment. I'm only going to be excited because LeBron is going to actually close enough to break that record. He's listed as questionable tonight, but I, I will expect him to play uh, against Indiana. Um, if he plays against Indiana, I, I mean, I, I could see a Laker win just because LeBron will probably go off for like 30 or 40 tonight. Um, and that's the only thing that really matters when it comes to the Lakers. When is LeBron going to break this record and, 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 against, and against who he's going to break the record against? No one really gives a damn about what the Lakers are going to win, lose, or draw. You got a dude that that lost the, the team that lost, rather, to the, to the Brooklyn Nets, and you got a... Uh, a dude in Russell Westbrook that's out here smiling like he just won the championship. I mean, obviously they don't even some of them some of the players don't even care. So why the hell should we? 
Yeah, we no. We only care about LeBron. I <laughs> totally agree with you. It's it's crazy to me because as much as you want to believe that, or Laker fans, I shouldn't say me because I'm not a Laker fan, but as much as Laker fans, I believe want to believe that they are you know up for a title. You're really up for that MVP candidacy for LeBron and him breaking the oh, record. They're absolutely not going to win a title unless no. they make a big move at the deadline. But I don't even think I think that even with the big move at the deadline, you're still not looking at them winning a title. Brandon, there, and, there will be no titles in Los Angeles. Yeah, no, I trust. I, I am with you on that one on both ends. <laughs> yeah. I'm with Prob- you on that one, unfortunately, probably on both not. Ends. But like, who's going to win the titles? Jokic going to go win the title? Out of the West? Is he going to come? Who's going to come out the of West the West? I don't think the West will win. I don't think the West will win. Well, yeah, it's Boston and Milwaukee, yeah. but who's going to come out of the West? The Warriors are not a good basketball team right now. They could become oh, a good basketball team. I think they have the most upside. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I think the Warriors have the most upside, but I also think you have to look at what Dallas is bringing. You have to look at You can't count out Dallas. You can't count out Denver. Um, I don't think you can count out Memphis. Um, not to say that Memphis is going to win the championship or go to the NBA Finals. I'm not. I'm not nuts enough to say that. But <laughs> I think you also have to look at the New Orleans Pelicans as well and see how they can try to put something together as far as that second half stretch and be able to to at least make a sustainable run into the playoff picture. Um, but I, I mean, the Clippers, if they can stay, the Clippers have shown shown flashes. Excuse me, of what they could what they could present to the table when they're healthy. When you have a healthy uh, Kawhi and healthy Paul George and, and Norman Powell and those boys, especially with Luke Kennard coming back. Um, I think the Clippers have shown flashes of, hey, we can find, figure out this thing and get it together. I think the Clippers could be a nice, formidable opponent in the playoff picture in the seventh game stage. Um, yeah, but you don't see them winning it. <laughs> I don't see them winning it unless, like I said, unless somebody, like you said, like Denver goes down or you know Dallas doesn't perform up to par. Um, because in the playoffs, anything can happen, unfortunately. And that, that's, the, that's the beauty of it at the same time is that you don't know. You know, a team can down, be down 0-2 in the series and then come straight back and just whoop the hell out of you, um, depending on what they what they need to do. So I think in the West, it's going to be a lot more competitive in the East. I think in the East, like you said, I think you got Boston. I think you got Milwaukee. Um, you know, just depending on how healthy Kevin Durant can get, um, you know, you don't know what the Brooklyn Nets could bring uh, to the table. So I think there are a couple of teams in the East that you can kind of pinpoint and say, okay, if they do this, they can get here. But in the West, it's pretty much wide open, at least for the, at least about six teams. And then again, what does Portland do too? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you could truly 100% count out the Portland Trailblazers either. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see what they do in the second half of the season after the All-Star break. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. The West is wide open, Nick. It's just going to be a matter of maybe who gets hot towards the end or you know who actually figures it out after um, trade deadlines and after maybe some pickups or anything like that. I just, I just again, I just don't see anybody winning an NBA title from the West. It's definitely not going to. I don't. I don't I think mean, it's gonna I, I, I don't. I, and that's that's a good question. I mean, the thing about it is, will it be Boston? Will it be Milwaukee? Yeah, Can Giannis get his second title. You know, put it together. Who knows? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I agree. think there's only one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go. no, no, no. Sorry, guys. That is all the time we have for today. Let's do it again, manana. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.